Aircraft mega deals prompt a bubble warning from industry veterans. And I'll talk with Crane's Sophie Rogers about this year's Fast 50 list. Logistics firms became like the economic heroes of COVID. They uh, responded to this crisis and adapted to it. I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist for Wednesday, June 21st. Secure your business accounts and start earning more with a WinTrust MaxSafe account. With MaxSafe, you get up to 15 times the standard FDIC personal protection. That's right, 15 times the protection with the liability to secure up to $3.75 million per account holder. Now that's banking as it should be. Call 833-MAX-SAFE to talk with a local WinTrust banker today. That's 833-MAX-SAFE. Peace of mind is just a phone call away. Banking products provided by Wintrust Financial Corporation Banks. Member FDIC. See FDIC.gov for deposit insurance coverage rules. I'm joined by Crane Sophie Rogers to talk about this year's Fast 50 list, the Crane's exclusive list that looks at Chicago's fastest growing companies. Sophie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Amy. So tell me about this list, uh, for those listening who may not be familiar, uh, kind of what the list covers and and what the shape of it is this year. So we look at uh, companies that were founded at least in 2016, generated at least $15 million in revenue last year and only saw one year of declining revenue between 2017 and 2022. So Cranes Fast 50 ranks the 50 Chicago area companies that saw the greatest revenue growth in those five years. So from 2017 to 2022. And This year's ranking is is impressive, especially compared to last year. So this year's winners saw median revenue growth of 793% in the past five years, and that's up from 593% on last year's edition. Wow, that's that's pretty. Uh, those are pretty impressive numbers. So, what kind of companies are are on the list this year? Do you, how would you characterize them? Or are they kind of all over the map? You know, they're honestly a little all over the map, which I think is fabulous. It's a testament to the strength of Chicago's small and mid sized businesses. I think, in general, though. Um, We mostly saw logistics, tech, and financial service companies. So of the 50 companies, the greatest number were logistics companies. But there are only 11, so it's not like the overwhelming majority were X kind of companies. Were there any direct competitors on the list, maybe in that logistics space, or are they all kind of doing their own different thing? Well, yeah, you know, I would say direct competitors, especially among the leading cannabis players. Mm. This might have been bigger news on last year's Fast 50, but we finally got Chicago's major cannabis companies such as Green Thumb Industries, Vireno, Cresco Labs, 
um, and Pharmacan. They all applied for last year's list, and three of them made the list again this year, and they all rank among the top 10. And they're very close in terms of um, growth. Uh, we've got Verano coming in at number seven, Cresco Labs coming in at number eight, and then Green Thumb Industries at number nine. So, I mean, yeah, we definitely do see direct competitors among certain industries. And so of the, of the 50, how many have been on the list previously? Well, 23 companies were not featured in last year's ranking. Okay, so about half are, are newcomers. Yeah. What, what kind of trends do you notice among the companies in terms of, you know, in taking a look at each one, were, were there uh, like business strategies that you saw over and over or, or things that leadership was echoing, you know, one after another, anything like that that stood out to you? Well, you know, a lot of them actually saw organic growth, which is great. And then some had acquisitions. But what did stand out to me were the companies that actually saw massive growth thanks to COVID. You know, um, a lot of companies obviously struggled and took hits during COVID-19, but then there are some that actually benefited from um, COVID and its aftermath. So coming in at number 21, we've got a company from Naperville called SNT Biotech. They were founded in 2011 and they've got a fascinating story. So the uh, CEO is an entrepreneur named Shital Daftari. And she was originally just selling shoes and clothing online since 2011. And when we first started hearing about COVID before it came to the U.S. even, you know, she was thinking like six months in advance. And she had this foresight uh, that, you know, COVID is going to be an issue and it's likely going to come to America. So she immediately started selling face masks. It's fascinating. Like she knew that that would be the next big accessory. And so she was ahead of the curve selling face masks in America. And then she pivoted to selling hard to source personal protective equipment and then went on to sell 50 million testing kits. Wow. That's that's jumping on a future problem. I know. <laughs> that's impressive that that she had that kind of foresight. And so as you were looking at these companies, how many of them uh, especially in the e-commerce or logistics space had to make uh, you know a big adjustment or make a big pivot as a result of COVID-19? Yeah, so that's a great question and we actually dive into that answer a little bit more in last year's edition of Fast 50, but not too much has changed. Logistics firms became like the economic heroes of COVID. They uh, responded to this crisis and adapted to it. Um, a lot more people were ordering things online. And there were also supply chain um, hurdles uh, with the war in Ukraine. So logistics companies are kind of the lifeblood of the greater Chicago area. And so it's really no surprise that we've seen them come ahead and 
weather the storm of COVID-19. So what else stood out to you about this year's list? Was there anything that, that felt surprising or, or maybe was there kind of an outlier that didn't fit with other categories represented in the list? I don't know if this is an outlier, but there's, there's a hospitality group on our list that um, was also featured last year. And they're seeing, you know, another year of growth, which is great. It, it, it's, to me, it's saying that, you know, the end is essentially here. Uh, people are going back to normal lives post-COVID, and there's hope for uh, the industries that were hit hardest. Right, right. It does feel like kind of a promising sign to see a hospitality group represented on the list having having had a, you know, a really good year when we have heard so much over the last couple of years about just how difficult the restaurant business has been all along and how difficult the pandemic made things for them. There there's also one more. Yeah, go for it. New to our list is a producer and promoter of concerts. They're called Cardina's Marketing Network. They come in at number 47 with over 350% growth from uh, 2017. And they saw a huge surge in revenue due to uh, pent-up demand for live music after COVID-19 restrictions were lifted. So they're one of the other examples you know, they they really benefited in the aftermath of COVID-19. That's interesting that, that kind of these two outliers are, are both in the space of people wanting to go out, do things, go out to eat, go see live music, things like that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what next year's list looks like for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sophie. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Coming up, Exelon commits to overhauling its board in ComEd 4-related litigation. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Want to dive deeper into the topics you've heard about here? Read the full stories and get access to all of Crane's award-winning coverage with a Crane's Chicago Business subscription. Crane's Daily Gist listeners can get 20% off a one-year Crane's Chicago Business digital subscription by visiting chicagobusiness.com slash subscribe and using code GIST at checkout to redeem this offer. So be sure to visit chicagobusiness.com slash subscribe and enter code GIST to get this deal while it lasts. This is the Crane's Daily Gist with Amy Guth. In less than a year, the global aviation industry has gone from low lows to high highs. Fleet groundings and huge losses have given way to massive profits, and airlines are outdoing one another with record orders. Bloomberg reported that the industry's newfound swagger was on full display on Monday when Indigo agreed to buy 500 Airbus jets, overshadowing a record set only months ago by Air India. And those add to huge purchases by Ryanair and Saudi startup Rida Air earlier this year, with announced deals approaching 1,500 planes. But while one group of executives may be praising the industry's turnaround, other industry veterans warn that the market is showing signs of overheating. The CEO of Qatar Airways said, quote, we have players flooding the market with a huge number of planes. I just hope that they're doing this right. 
Bloomberg noted that the ordering flurry, which started as the travel industry first started to recover from the pandemic about two years ago, has left Boeing 737 MAX largely sold out deep into 2028. And Airbus will have few delivery spots open before 2030. Getting a hold of the ordered aircraft also won't be easy. Both Airbus and Boeing are struggling to boost output as they continue to struggle with supply chain issues and what they've described as a lack of trained workers. But as Bloomberg also noted, airlines worry that if they don't order soon, they'll have to join the back of a line that's only growing longer, potentially missing out on a travel boom that shows no signs of slowing. And in other aviation news, Bloomberg also reported that the FAA said it will investigate an incident where the wing of a United Airlines flight clipped the tail of a Delta Airlines plane at Boston Logan International Airport on Friday. The incident occurred while United Flight 369 was taxiing and Delta Flight 1657 was at a holding pad. That according to a statement from the FAA on Sunday, which noted that there were no reported injuries. A spokesperson for Chicago-based United said customers on the United aircraft deplaned normally at the gate. A Delta spokesperson said the airline worked to get customers to their final destination as quickly as possible and apologized for the delay. U.S. aviation has also seen repeated close encounters between planes this year. In January, an American Airlines wide-body jet rolled across a runway at JFK Airport in New York while a Delta flight was accelerating for takeoff. The U.S. National Transportation Safety Board is also investigating a near-miss in February when a FedEx cargo jet came within 100 feet of hitting a Southwest Airlines plane in Austin, Texas, and continued to stay in close proximity for at least 30 seconds. The Transportation Safety Board has been pushing for a wider rollout of aviation safety equipment that helps prevent collisions, yet industry experts have said a lack of resources makes this difficult to obtain. The system, which warns air traffic controllers as planes and vehicles get too close to each other on runways, is in place at about 43 U.S. airports. The National Air Traffic Controllers Association Union has called on Congress to provide what it sees as its biggest challenge to reduce risk. And that is funding. Bloomberg also noted that serious airport runway close calls surged at the beginning of this year when at least eight cases involving airlines incited probes from the NTSB or were seen as high risk by the FAA. The FAA also said there were signs that near-crash incidents declined in March and April. Rivian Automotive will incorporate Tesla's electric vehicle charging ports into future vehicles and gain access to its supercharger network, marking another high-profile adopter of technology that's rapidly becoming the industry standard. Bloomberg reported that the agreement would give Rivian drivers access to more than 12,000 Tesla superchargers across the U.S. and Canada starting next year. That according to a statement early Tuesday. Rivian will also incorporate Tesla's North American charging standard port into its existing EV models and a future model called R2. Shares of Irvine, California-based Rivian turned positive on the news, rising to close to 5% minutes after the market opened on Tuesday. Bloomberg noted in reporting on the matter that there's been a domino effect of EV makers and charging infrastructure companies shifting toward Tesla's technology in North America, since Ford Motor Company struck a deal with Tesla last month. That was soon followed by a similar announcement from Tesla and GM. Rivian, whose factory is in downstate Normal, has been building its own network of chargers under the combined charging system standard, the other major protocol competing with Tesla's North American charging standard. Rivian said it will also 
also continue to build out that combined charging system network as well. Crane Steve Daniels reported that Exelon is revamping its board under terms of a proposed settlement of litigation that asserts major fiduciary failures by multiple directors and executives in relation to the ComEd bribery scheme in Springfield. Daniels noted in reporting that Exelon chairman John Young will relinquish his role as board chair by 2025, although he will be allowed to remain on the board under the settlement disclosed June 16th. Most other directors who served during the 2011 to 2019 period in which Exelon owned ComEd admitted bribing then-Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan in return for his support of lucrative legislation either are in the process of departing or already have. Exelon is also appointing three new independent directors under terms of the settlement, two of whom have already been named. Among the few Chicago business figures still on the board of Exelon, Anthony Anderson, former Midwest managing partner for Ernst & Young, must exit the board by the 2024 annual meeting, according to the settlement. Anderson has been an Exelon director since 2013. Linda Jojo, chief customer officer for United Airlines and an Exelon director since 2015, was required earlier this year to relinquish her chairpersonship of the board's compensation committee, per the proposed settlement. She can remain a director and serve in other board leadership roles in the future. Daniels also noted that the wide-ranging settlement, which is a proposal that some shareholder plaintiffs have endorsed but remains opposed by others who sued the directors and officers on behalf of the corporation, now goes to U.S. District Judge John Blakey for approval. The Chicago-based federal judge will hear arguments from the dissenters before deciding. Exelon's board signed off on the agreement this month. It was negotiated by a special litigation committee the company formed two years ago, made up of three current and former corporate general counsels, none of whom have personal ties to Exelon or to the individuals involved. Also party to the agreement are insurers for the defendant directors and officers. They've agreed to pay $40 million in damages. Exelon would get $30 million of that and $10 million would go to the plaintiff's attorneys. All the directors and officers sued, deny any wrongdoing, and say they are entering into the settlement to close the issue and stave off future expense. Lou Malnati's Pizzeria, Garrett's Popcorn Shops, and Vienna Beef will partner with NASCAR for its Chicago Street Race weekend. They'll offer their famous dishes, Deep Dish Pizza, Garrett Mixed Popcorn, and Chicago Dogs, respectively, at several spots around the Grant Park racetrack. Crane's Avery Donmoyer reported that NASCAR previously named Chicago restaurant group Let Us Entertain You as its official food and beverage partner. The trio of new partners will join Lettuce, as well as other venues, in offering food and beverage options for visitors. The NASCAR Chicago Street Race will take place July 1st and 2nd. The course, 2.2 miles long, will start and finish on South Columbus Drive. To access the guide for everything you need to know about Chicago's inaugural NASCAR street race, visit chicagobusiness.com. That's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Check in on our continuous news feed at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to today's guest, Crane Sophie Rogers. You can follow all of our conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your audio on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review Crane's Daily Gist. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.